What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacob. And you're listening to the Hoopball Nets Podcast. So we probably sound a little different or somewhat different or worse. Probably not better, but definitely maybe worse. Um, we are, this is the first ever podcast we're recording where we're not in, like, right next to each other and in person. So, um, we're recording it over Skype using some app that I don't even really know the name of, but, um, the reason we're doing so is because, like we've said multiple times, we're in college and it's a lot, like, my dorm has certain, like, check-in, check-out, sign-in, sign-out rules where you have to be out by a certain time and stuff like that. And Hunter also lives a decent distance away from school, so it's a hassle for him to come back and forth and back and forth and get here at certain times because we're both really busy people. So we figured we would try and do it over Skype. If this recording comes out bad, then you're never going to hear this. But if it didn't come out bad, then uh, you're hearing it right now. And, uh, yeah, just give us feedback and let us know how we're doing. Um, it's probably going to be a little rocky this episode since it's our first time not being next to each other, so we have to get a rhythm and a flow and all of that. But, um, yeah, let's uh, get into the podcast. So make sure you guys leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes at Hoopball Nets Podcast. You can look up Brooklyn Nets. You can look up Hoopball Nets. Either way, we come up. Um, it's currently 3.27 in the morning, so if we sound tired, we are tired. Um, but yeah, make sure you guys leave a five-star review. We're reading all reviews on the podcast. In fact, we have two new reviews, um, both five-star. One is, one is titled, Best Nets Podcast Out There, uh, by Mr. G1987. What's up, guys? I just want to say I love your pod, and I think it's the best Nets pod around. The jokes, information, and creative segments keep me coming back. Keep up the great work. Thank you. We appreciate it. We try. We're going to keep trying, and uh, yeah, on to the next one. Um, It doesn't get any better than this with four exclamation points by Sammy by the Sea. Nets basketball. Two great hosts and a ton of info. I hope you guys continue to keep up the consistency, and I love the pod. Keep it up, Najee and Hunter. Thank you, guys. We both appreciate it, Mr. G and Sammy by the Sea. Hopefully, we can keep it up. Hopefully, we can make you proud, and we appreciate you leaving the review. Everyone else, please go leave one as well. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. And uh, shout out to Hawaiian House Kona Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other hoop ball podcast. You can find them on Twitter at Hi Kona Coffee, H I K O N A Coffee, and you can search them up on Amazon. Amazing coffee. Make sure you go check them out. I definitely need some right now. I'm super tired. But yeah, since the last time we've recorded, the Nets have played four games. They played the Nuggets, they played the Bulls, they played the Raptors, and they played the Cavs. They went 2-2 two and two in those four games, and now we just hit the All-Star break after their game against the Cavs tonight. So, um, just recapping the game against the Nuggets, since that was the earliest one of the four we're talking about. 
They won that game 135 to 130, which is big because the Nuggets are the two seed in the West. So that's a big, 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 big win for the Nets. Um, all like just recapping the game, um, the Nets lost. The, well, the turnover battle was tied 13 to 13. They got out offensive rebound at 12 to five and got out rebounded 48 to 40 and still managed to win the game. Um, uh, thing that stood out in this game was the three-point percentage, and that shot 56% from three, and it didn't seem like anyone was really missing because everyone on the team who took more than three threes made at least half of them. Yeah, um, the net, yeah, like Hunter said, the net shot 55.9% from three, and the uh, Nuggets shot 37.1%. The, they actually attempted basically the same amount. The Nuggets took 35. The Nets took 34. The Nets honestly got lucky because the Nuggets outscored them 43-27 to 27 in the last quarter. So they just managed to hang on to the lead thanks to their 42-point quarter in the second. Um, this was in the Barclays Center. Uh, Mason Plumlee really went off. Mason Plumlee, the Nets basically got lit up by their big men. Uh, for the most part, Mason Plumley, uh, 28 minutes, 24 points, 10 of 12 from the field, six rebounds and three blocks. And Nikola Jokic had another triple double. He had 25 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists on eight of 13 shooting. He's had a lot of triple doubles this year. He's probably the most versatile big man in the game. Easily. I remember one of our friends was trying to tell us that Nikola Jokic is worse than Chris Stapps Porzingis. The craziest thing. We were heavily against <laughs> that argument. We were I don't even think that it is an argument. Like, there's no not way. Anymore. It could have been an argument last season, but not really anymore. Yeah, there's not a chance Nikola Jokic is worse than Kristaps Porzingis. But, uh, yeah, honestly, the Nets didn't just get lit up by the big men. They got lit up by basically, a, a, like, one, two, three, four, five, six players on the on the Nuggets had a double-digit scoring numbers. Malik Beasley, 17 points of 7 to 15 shooting. He didn't do much Shout else. Shout out to Beasley and, and Monte Morris. Both of them have played so well while Gary Harris is out. And they've made a name for themselves. They're the reason the Nuggets might go far in the playoffs. Yeah, Monte Morris was playing well when Jamal Murray was out. Jamal Murray came back, and he's still playing decently well. So at- I think Beasley's playing well with Will Barton in the lineup, so we'll see what happens when Gary Harris comes back, too. Yeah, that's even what, like, Monte Morris and Malik Beasley are probably going to end up coming off the bench, but that's a pretty sick bench backcourt. And also... Isaiah Thomas. And Isaiah Thomas just got back. Yeah, that's... I mean, what are they going to do? Put Malik Beasley at the three? Uh, I mean, he might stay starting depending on oh, how good Gary Harris is. So. Yeah, true, 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 true. I mean, I thought there was a chance at the deadline the Nuggets moved on from Gary Harris because they had Malik Beasley, but I doubt it anymore since the trade deadline. They might trade him in the summer, but as for right now, they're going to try and make their championship push. Um, yeah, Monte Morris, 18 points, 27 minutes, 8 of 17, 8 of 14 from the field, 5 rebounds and 5 assists with no turnovers. Trey Lyles, 22 minutes, 5 of 10 from the field, 5 rebounds and 1 assist. And, uh, yeah, on to the Nets. Rodeo. Nets had 7 players in double figures as opposed to the Nuggets, 6. And, honestly, D'Angelo Russell had... 
a great shooting and passing game in this one. He he had the best performance of the uh, actually. Yes, no, no, he had the best performance of the game. Him and Damari Carroll, because Damari Carroll only played 28 minutes and had 18 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, and 4 steals. Yeah, but all of his points came off of free throws. All right, and that's what happens with James Harden, and what credit does he get? All of it. Okay, but he also also gets uh, 15 rebounds and 20 assists, so... Just that's just wrong, but I see where you're coming from. But D'Angelo Russell had 27 points, six rebounds, 11 assists on 10 to 23 shooting, with six threes on nine attempts. Yeah, um, Damari Carroll, 18 points, 28 minutes, three of eight from the three point line, two of four from the no, three of eight from the field, two of four from the three point line, 10 of 13 from the free throw line. 10 rebounds, 6 assists, and 4 steals. Actually, no, nah, the 4 steals, yeah, his P had probably the best game of the, the night. I was about to say the best game of the year. Definitely not. Trevion Graham, 16 points on 6 of 9 shooting, 3 rebounds, 22 minutes. Jared Allen, 15 and 5 with 1 block on 6 of 10 shooting. And then Joe Harris, old reliable, 17 points, 7 of 13 from the field, 3 triples, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, and 1 to steal in 31 and, minutes. And Sebastian Napier had a double-double with 10 points and 11 assists off the bench. And only 26 minutes. He only took 4 shots. And still had 10 points because a lot of his points came off of free throws. How many? The Nets attempted um, The Nets attempted 33 free throws in this game. And the Nuggets attempted 21. The Nets knocked down 24 of the 33, 72.7%. Still should be higher, about in the 80s. But we'll take it since the Nets managed to knock off the second-seeded Denver Nuggets. This is a big, big, big win for them. On to the next game versus the Chicago Bulls, where they this was a bad, bad, yeah, bad loss. where they completely shanked it away. They lost one oh six. They got blown out. They they were they lost by five in the first quarter, two in the second quarter, six in the third, and six in the fourth. So they really never had a chance of coming back in this game. They they let the whole starting lineup for the Bulls destroy. Yeah, they got absolutely blown out, one twenty-five to one hundred six. the The Bulls' biggest lead was nineteen. The Bulls shot fifty percent from the three-point line, while the Nets shot thirteen of forty-one, which was thirty-one percent. The Bulls shot fifty-four point one percent from the field. There is no way the Nets should be allowing the Chicago Bulls to shoot fifty-four percent from the field. They suck. The Nets won the turnover battle, 16-11. to 11. They completely got dominated on the boards, 50-33, to 33, which just can't happen. The Bulls had five blocks. Like They were just locking up and getting rebounds that the Nets just for some reason couldn't get. Otto Porter had 18 points, 7 of 9 from the field, four triples. He's really come alive since he got traded. He also... Just today, shot 16 of 20. Yeah, he's he's been nice since he got to the Bulls. Yeah, he's the first player to shoot 80% for the Bulls on 20 or more shots since Jordan in 88. That's insane. So, 
He just arrived, and he's already breaking records. And then Laurie Markkinen, he's come on as of late, too. He just got healthy, 38 minutes, 31 points, and 11 of 18 shooting, 18 rebounds. The man had 31, 18, and two blocks. Robin Lopez, 12 points in 17 minutes, five rebounds, two assists. Uh, he almost fouled out with five fouls. Zach Levine, 37 minutes, 26 points. Honestly, if the Bulls... Like, the Bulls have a lot of players that can just get buckets. Look, all they need, if they had a center... Wendell. Wendell Carter is, is good enough if he can develop. The starting lineup, I think, is good enough. If they got a good bench around this team, I believe this could be a playoff team in a year or two. Even if Chris Dunn progressed and was like a 16, 17-point-per-game scorer... They would be pretty, pretty scary with whoever they're about to draft this season. Definitely going to be a top five pick. True, true, because they have another pick, and they could be looking at getting Cam Reddish or something like that. So exactly. Their whole, their whole outlook can change. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, if uh, they end up getting John Morant, then Chris Dunn might be coming off the bench, so... That could be a scary team. Yeah, I always felt like Chris Dunn should come off the bench. I don't think he is a starting point guard in the NBA to be complete, or like a competent starting point guard in the NBA. Like you're not, your team isn't happy with Chris Dunn starting at the one for you. He's yeah, no, he's I, no D'Angelo Russell. And I do believe that John Morant's going to be a good player. So if the Bulls can get him, then that's a whole franchise change. What if they get the first pick and take Zion? Uh, then they'll probably. What if Zion sucks? What if he's bad? I do not believe that Zion will be bad. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I'm iffy. From what I've watched him do, people say it because he's undersized for a four. He, he's on the heavier side weight-wise. But bottom line, he can shoot. Did you see? He can jump higher than anyone on the court. Did you see him dent the basketball with his fingers? Yes, he's, he's That's insane. He, he will probably be the strongest person on the court anytime he's on the court. That's in like do you I don't think people understand how hard it is to dent a basketball, let that alone with crazy. three fingers. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, that's full like not your, your regular take home basketball you've had for fifteen years in your garage. No, like a a, a regular NCAA basketball full of air and he's denting it with three fingers. That's like I like some people can't even dent it with like their full weight, like putting their foot on it. That's insane, yo. But yes, enough gushing about Zion. This was Karis Levert's first game back. He received a standing ovation. He is still getting back into the swing of things. He only played 14 minutes. This might have been his best game out of all the games that that he's played so far. Yeah, he only played 15 minutes. Yeah, he had 11 points on 5 of 11 shooting, almost got the D-low special there. Two rebounds and four assists. He had five steals, though. Yes. And for your first game for your first game back, five steals is pretty, pretty amazing. And he was one of two players on the roster, along with Trevion Graham, to have a plus-minus that was positive. So, yeah, uh, I'm, we're super happy Karis Avert is back. Of course, it's going to take some 
adjusting for him and D'Lo to start playing together because when Karis LeVert was averaging 19, D'Lo wasn't really eating, and now D'Lo's an all-star. Karis LeVert is used to closing the game and having the ball in his hands most of the time. It seems like through the games that we've watched so far with Karis being still injured that he's willing to like relegate the scoring to D'Lo and like know that he's the number one option on the team now, which kind of sucks if I'm Karis LeVert because like that could have been me. Credit to Alan Crabb, who we didn't want in the rotation upon his return. He actually has shot the ball really well since he came back. In this game, he had 19 points on 7 of 12 shooting, 5 of 9 from 3. Yeah. And if he and Joe Harris continue to shoot the 3 as well as they have over the last few games, it's going to be scary down the stretch to stop the Nets. Yeah, over the past four games, Jared, I mean, Alan Crabb is playing 24.8 minutes and knocking down shots at a 54.1% clip. Like, that's pretty good. 54% shooting in 25 minutes, 3.5 threes per game. That's extremely good. D'Angelo Russell, 32 minutes, 23 points, 8 of 21 from the field, 1 of 8 from 3, 6 assists, 3 turnovers, 2 steals. Wasn't a crazy game, but still, 20-point game. Um, Joe Harris, 19 points of 7 of 13 shooting, 3 of 7 from the 3-point line. Jared Allen had 12 and 10 on 4 of 8 shooting, had 1 block. Seems like Jared Allen seems to get at least 1 block every game. Like, he's not going out with at least, without at least 1. And then, uh, yeah, nothing else really big from this game. Damari Carroll didn't contribute too much, but the big storyline from this was Karis LeVert returning finally, finally, finally. And we're glad to have him back. Um, on to the next game against the Raptors. The Nets lost 127-125. to 125. Super hard-fought game. Really came down to the Raptors having Kawhi Leonard, who hit uh, like a bank shot from Although, the mid-range. Interesting stat that I saw today. The Raptors are actually 13-3 and without Kawhi Leonard. They definitely only won this game. Yeah, they're they're um, a extremely good team, especially now that they're added. They added Marcus All, crazy deadly. Rodion Kuru, sixteen minutes, didn't play extremely well. And the thing that I've noticed is that like Kuru's plays like him and Crab are like so polar opposite. Like they never play well at the same time. They like like Crab only plays well when Kuru's is playing bad or not playing at all, and Kuru's only plays well when Crab is injured or not playing at all. Um. On to, like, the matchups. The Raptors shot 29% from the three-point line and still won this game. While the Nets the Nets knocked down 23s and the Raptors knocked down 9. And they somehow still won this game. Um, the, the Nets shot 52.3% from the field. Raptors shot 54.3% from the field. And they got out-re- the Raptors out-rebounded the Nets by 9. On to the box score, Kawhi Leonard, a monster, 34 minutes, 30 points, 10 of 20 from the field, knocked down all nine of his free throws. He was only one of five from the three-point line, but he added eight assists and a steal. It's crazy that the Raptors are bringing Marcus all off the bench now. And no matter who the opponent is, they brought him off the bench. And in this game, he had 16 points, six rebounds, a steal, and a block on seven of nine shooting. Mark Gasol off the bench, like their bench center is better than half the league starter. 
They started Serge Ibaku at 18 points, 12 rebounds, and 2 blocks on 9 of 13 shooting. And then, of course, they have Pascal Siakam at the 4, most improved player probably. 17 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. on. Is he the most improved player, though, or is it D'Angelo Russell? I had him. He had 44 points today. I mean, D'Angelo Russell is an all-star, and he was absolutely nothing last year. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I feel like people are sleeping on D'Lo, most improved player. I, I, I don't know. I just think Pascal was literally nothing. <laughs> yeah, he was He was absolutely garbage. Like, nobody knew who he was at all. And now he's dropping 50 and 40 and stuff like that. But I feel like... D'Lo going, like, the story, they just had a Bleach Report article over the day, like, he's getting a lot of press coverage. This, his story is actually pretty good with uh, Magic Johnson basically telling him he's useless to now being the all-star on the Nets, making the playoffs. I feel like if it's not Pascal Siakam, it has to be D'Lo. Like, they're one and two when it, like, when it comes to that. And then, um, honestly, someone who's been underwhelming as of late, Kyle Lowry. 13 points, 5 of 9 from the field, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, no turnovers. Yeah, but like from an all-star caliber point guard who people were saying should have been in it over D'Lo and Chris Middleton. It's the same thing that everyone says about players on the Warriors. He doesn't have to do so much when he's distributing the ball like this. Okay, but the Raptors aren't as good as the Warriors. This season, they almost are. Not a chance. They don't have the talent level of the Warriors by a long shot. I mean, right now, they have they have five all-star Okay, so I'm not even... Yeah, we know that the Warriors are better. There's no reason to match it up. They are better, obviously, but the Raptors are, are stacked enough to the point that Lowry can... Cannot have to do as much. He doesn't have to carry the load and score thirty. I mean, I don't think Lowry's capable of carrying the load anymore. If Kyle Lowry was, if Kawhi Leonard wasn't on this team, the Raptors wouldn't be a playoff team. If and and they and they didn't have Marcus Hall still. But they're thirteen and three without Kawhi. That's eighty-two percent win percentage, better than theirs with him. Okay, thirteen and three. That's different when you extrapolate it throughout a whole season. I'm sure they wouldn't make the play. They probably okay. Let me rephrase that. They would probably be like a seven seed. No way. No way. No way. They be. They would. They wouldn't be better than the Nets. No, they wouldn't be. They would not be better than the Nets. They probably would have won this game without Kawhi. That there. That's literally false. He is the reason they won. They would play a whole different dynamic. Kawhi had minus seven when he was on the The court. only player capable of making the shot that Kawhi made is Kawhi Leonard on the Raptors. They're taking one possession. Restart the game without Kawhi, and they play a whole different way. You're, he dropped 30. They play with Norman Powell and OG. Norman, exactly. That That's already a, a disadvantage. Jared Allen was There's no way Pascal Siakam is hitting a game winner, though. He's already done it multiple times. Okay, so, so take Kawhi out the game, who's also lockup, and I'm sure someone on the Nets starts going crazy, too. D'Lo already had 28. Allen Crabb had 22. Obviously, Kawhi's a good player, but they would be a top-five seed without They him. definitely wouldn't be a top-five seed. They would not be better than the Nets. They'd be better than the Nets, Hornets, Pistons, Magic. They'd be better than all the teams you just said except the Nets. But well, if that's true, then they'd be the six seed, not the seven seed. I give them six. 
six, seven, eight, one of them. Top top six, sure. I mean bottom six. I mean bottom three. There we go. Um on to the Nets. Joe Harris, twenty-four points, seven of nine from the field, seven of eight from three. Three of three from the free throw line. Two rebounds, four assists, twenty-nine minutes. D'Angelo Russell, twenty-eight points, thirty-three minutes, ten of twenty-two from the field. Um, seven rebounds, 14 assists. So he had 28, seven and 14 in 33 minutes and was very close to carrying the Nets to this W. But I would not say carry when you have Joe Harris and Howling Crab going 13 for 18 from three, but. Okay. Maybe not carry. He was very close to getting the Nets to this W because he was really the only one cooking in overtime. So. I mean, in the fourth quarter, when it really got down to it, like the last two minutes, he started going crazy with Kawhi Leonard. And then Allen Crabb, 22 points, 8 of 13 from the field, 6 of 10 from the three-point line, three rebounds, one assist, and one steal. And then Shabazz Beer, 10 points, 4 of 4 from the field. He always seems to score 10 points every time. And, uh, yeah, the Nets lost this game by two, unfortunately. And then on to tonight's game against the Cavaliers. Went to Triple OT. The game right before the All-Star break. The score was 148 to 139. Crazy high score. And three OTs. The 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 scoring was pretty balanced. First quarter, 30 to 29. Second quarter, 25-29. Third quarter, 29-26. Fourth quarter, 25-25. OT one nine nine. OT two ten ten. And then in the second over, I mean the third overtime, they really just took off and outscored them 20 to 11. And uh, yeah, the games were almost identical. The Nets shot 46% from the field. The Raptors shot 45%. The Nets shot 40% from three. Oh yeah, the Cavs shot 45%. My bad. The Nets shot 40% from three. The Cavs shot 42.9%. Turnovers. So the Cavs are easy. Jordan Clarkson at 42 points. He rebounds, five assists, seven threes, carried their whole offense. Colin Sexton at 24, six, and five, so he was good too. Then you have Marquise Chris, who scored 23 and dunked on Jared Allen. Had he not got fouled out, I really feel like the Nets would have lost. That was basically, well, Chris, Larry Nance, Zizic, and Enwaba all fouled out, as opposed to zero Nets fouling out. So, Like... Had Marquis, he was getting hot. He hit two straight threes, and then he fouled out the next possession. Had he not fouled out, I feel like the Nets would have been in some trouble. Um, but yeah, uh, it, the what's weird to watch at the end of the games is like how Kenny Atkinson does the the rotations. Like he always takes D'Lo out at the end of games when it's a defensive possession and puts in Rondé Hollis Jefferson and always keeps him in when it's an offensive possession. Like they were up like. Six seven and OT in the third overtime, and he took D'Lo out. I guess he thought the game was over. Cavs started coming back. Jordan Clarkson starts hitting threes in people's face, and then he puts D'Lo in and he ices the game. Like it's like he uses him as some sort of like like emergency switch. Like if you need him, we'll bring him back. But if not, we'll let him rest. Which is kind of what a lot of coaches do with star players. So it's good to see Kenny Atkinson he, um, using him like that. But, yeah, Jordan Clarkson at 42, 16. The disappointing thing that I see is how do you let a team that plays Matthew Della Vadova 40 minutes <laughs> send you to three overtime? 
Dante Delvadova had three <laughs> points in 40 minutes. He had 13 assists, though. Three points. Three points in 40 minutes. <laughs> 40 minutes. They also played Colin Sexton 45 minutes. All right, but their rookie. Jordan Clarkson played 47 minutes. That's insane. All right, so so the Cavs box score was really those three players. No one else had more than 13. Osman had 13, and he got injured. Everything was on the net side. Osman got hurt. Four people fouled out. Yeah. There's no reason they should not have won this game. Yeah, it was basically a battle of the previous Lakers. Like, Jordan Clarkson, 42. D'Lo, 36. On the net side, what I really want to point out is how Rondé Hollis Jefferson's the only player on the team with a negative plus minus, and it was a negative 22. <laughs> that's, that's horrible. That, that is just god-awful. And also, he, he only had one hot stretch where he scored 12. Of the net 17. He scored 12 points in the fourth quarter, which is the most for a fourth quarter in his career, most in any quarter this season. I heard I, someone tweeted on Twitter, Ronda Allen Jefferson has never made an easy layup this entire season. And and that's, that's so facts because every time I see him take a layup, it's always some twisting through the lane, left hand, euro step, and also, up and under. I am not a fan of him attempting to shoot threes because he was 0 for 2 in this game. He should never do that. D-Lo took 15 threes. <laughs> he took... So, so the best performance in this game was so clearly Joe Harris again. Yeah, it was Joe Harris. 9 for 12 from the field in 48 minutes. 4 or 5 from 3, 25 points. The man can do no wrong. Yeah, Damari Carroll, 18 points, 45. Oh, voice crack. That was crazy. 45 minutes, 18 points, 5 of 13 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, 5 of 5 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds. Step back. Yeah, can we talk about that? That was sick. All right, so the play was drawn up where he either gives a handoff to Joe Harris in the corner or he passes it to the guy at the top of the key. Allen Grab. And. Alan Crabb was being hugged by his defender, and Joe Harris was being well guarded on the handoff play. So, Damari Carroll sees that, watches Jordan Clarkson's eyes, and does a step back wide open three and sends it to triple overtime. That was like you could see the whole Nets bench just erupt. D'Angelo, yeah, definitely the best bench in the league. They're the bench mob, but D'Angelo Russell tweeted that it's the most fun he's ever had in his entire life. Like, it, they're so down for each other that it's just amazing to see. Like, they really built a culture there. It's just crazy that, that they're like that and they're the sixth seed and the Celtics, who claim to not be having fun, are just killing out here as the number four seed and getting easy wins, but they're not having fun. So the six seed is having a crazy amount of fun, and the four seed is having no fun. It's just weird. Yeah, it is a weird. Like when you say it like that, it is kind of weird because, like, usually you would think winning brings fun, or or, or that the more you win, the more fun it is because you have fun blowing teams out and you have fun getting W's. Oh, new development based off of Dwayne Chandler's question about whether I want Kyrie on the Celtics. We just won two straight games without him, and it looks like our team has a lot more fun without him, as I knew from last year's playoffs. 
So I stand by my fact that I do not want him on our team anymore. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be mad if Kai, like, if I was a Celtics fan, I honestly wouldn't care. Like, Terry Rozier seems good enough to, to not, not to give him the keys to the franchise, but he's a good enough starting point guard to get you through some, until you can get another all-star caliber point guard. And honestly, like, our team chemistry is much better without him on the court. It's just something about the team when they play without him. They know how to spread the ball around better. Everyone steps up, and they beat the Sixers the new look Sixers that are the supposed best team in the East. Yeah, th- that not. The Sixers really are. That team is insane. Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, um, Tobias Harris, Jimmy, well, Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. That's insane. Alone. That's four All-Stars and J.J. Redick who's averaging about 18 points this season. Like, that's insane. But all back to the game, D'Lo, 42 minutes, 36 points, 13 of 30 from the field, 5 of 15 from three, seven rebounds, eight assists, seven turnovers. That's horrible, seven turnovers. He also had five fouls. But uh, thankfully, he didn't foul out. Thankfully, he didn't commit a costly turnover to lose the next game. And he, w- he was slumping in the beginning of this game. I remember checking the box score. Slumping the whole regulation. And then in OT, he just turned up, especially the third OT. He scored the first nine points for them. It was basically him and Jordan Clarkson going back and forth. And shout out to Jared Allen, six blocks, career high. Yeah, shout out to Jared Allen. He almost ten points, twelve rebounds. He almost hit the shot at the beginning of at the end of the first OT that would end the game, but he tried to bank it off of Damari Carroll, throwing it out of bounds, and it barely missed. But um, Karis Avert played thirty minutes in this game. 12 points, 5 of 14 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, 7 rebounds, 9 assists. He had 12, 7, and 9, which is pretty good. Only three turnovers. Like, it, it's a good game. Pro- definitely one of his best games since coming back. He's only played. So, I believe the end of game lineup, when it comes down to it, it it's going to be really tough for, for Kenny Atkinson. But if I had to guess, I'd say when everyone's healthy and minutes restriction for Lavert is lifted, it's going to be D'Lo, Lavert, Harris, Carroll, Allen. I think that's the end of the game. Lavert, Harris, Carroll, Allen. What about, but you still have to think like Dinwiddie, Allen Crab. Yes, yes, I believe Allen Crab will not, unless he's on fire, be in the end of the game. Yeah. But, that. but I do think that Dinwiddie and D'Lo are going to continue their switching if one's hot and, and one's cold, whatever. And if they, the other team doesn't have a center, Jared Allen sits, and you do play Crab and you play Carroll as the five, depending on the other team's lineup. Depends yeah. on who you're playing. True. I can see that lineup working. Moving on to the trade deadline. The Nets were relatively quiet. They made literally one move. Uh, they acquired Greg Monroe in an unprotected 2021 second-round pick from the Raptors for reportedly $110,000, $110,000 in cash, which is the minimum a team can play a pair for his right. Can play a pair. Can play a pair. Can pay a player for his rights. 
The Nets didn't have to give up a player. They didn't have to transfer any of their draft rights. They basically just gave the Raptors $110,000 for Greg Monroe and a pick. And then they waived Greg Monroe. So they, they really just wanted they this. Did it. They did it just to get the pick, honestly. Yeah, they, they literally did it just to get the pick. I'd give the move an A. Like, why would you not? They're, they're, you lost absolutely nothing. So he bought the pick for 640000 essentially. That's basically what it cost. And, I mean, they used a second-rounder on Kurok's last year, so I do not want to risk and get another second-rounder. Exactly. It says Brooklyn also. Uh, the, the Nets also came close to another deal. They, the Nets and Grizzlies discussed a swap of Allen Crabb and Denver's first rounder for Garrett Temple and Jermichael Green. But they instead flipped those two for Avery Bradley's semi-expiring deal. So if I would have rather them do the honestly... They would have got a Denver first rounder, which would on obviously be bad. So I'm, I'm content with. Yeah, that. I'm content with the one they did. Yeah, I'm content. Because with. Uh, bottom line, Jermichael Green and Garrett Temple would not have fit on this team anyway. Jermichael Green, it might fit because we need a power forward. But Garrett Temple would really have no use because. He's just a veteran version of, of the guards that we have right now off the bench. Like, he doesn't offer anything extra that Avery Bradley would first. Like, let's say they got Avery Bradley. I'd rather them get him than Garrett Temple. Also, a Denver first rounder is basically the same as a second rounder. Like, it's their, their pick for the next five years is going to be late in the first round, so. The only thing that that trade would have done was get Allen Crabb's contract off of the Nets books, but he's playing well right now, so I'd say they just let it rock. But what we do have to talk about is they're definitely going to have to max D'Lo. There's no way, like there's no way around it anymore. He's an all-star dropping 30 and 40 a game. They're go- some team is going to give him a max. I, whether it's the Suns, the like, some team is definitely going to give him the Pelicans. Like, some team is giving him a max. So you have to the Knicks. Like, you they're going to have to match him, and unless they are content with letting Dinwiddie rock, Dinwiddie rock out as their point guard, which I doubt, but because he he's very locked in as the sixth man. Is a good role for him. That's why I just felt like they should have gave him the little qualifying offer, extending him before he started eating, so they could have got him for a discount. But nope, now he's out here dropping thirty and forty, and he's gonna get the max. So now then, that's one max slot. The Nets are done. That's basically taken up for them. So now, and I don't know if Tobias Harris is still is gonna leave the Sixers. We never talked about that. I feel like that was a bad move for the Nets. Like, yes and no. Because he wants to get his own. Yes, if he's if they don't win the chip, and he's not averaging a crazy amount, who knows what his mindset is? Because Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler is is definitely gonna want out if they don't win. Right now, he's averaging like thirteen points for them over the last few games. You think he's having fun? He's just keeping his mouth shut right now. 
That's true. I don't think Jimmy Butler is enjoying himself. I don't think he's enjoying himself at all. I think the only two players the Sixers are going to have at the beginning of next season is Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. They could have Tobias <laughs> at the three and and get somebody else and let Jimmy Butler go. What if they max D'Lo? That would be dumb. <laughs> Imagine, though. <laughs> they played together in high school at Montverde. True. I want to say, though, I was disappointed that the Nets didn't try and get, well, didn't end up getting Nikola Mirdich because the Bucks got him for Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, and four second-round picks. Now, the four second-round picks sounds a little crazy, but when you think about the players, Jason Smith and Stanley Johnson, the Nets definitely could have done better than that. But I don't think they they were willing to give up any of their young core, including Ron DeHallis Jefferson for Nikola Miritich, because they're pretty confident they're not going to win the chip. Like, they're happy just to be in the playoffs. So they don't want to do something too crazy and give up a, a, a piece of their young core who could end up being good for Nikola Miritich, which I understand, of course. But, um, yeah. Wait, do you want the net sticks for buyout market options? Of course I do. I mean... I, I w- Enos Cantor was really one of the good ones left. He got bought out. He got there signed is, by the Blazers. One specifically that who Carmelo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, the Nets should definitely sign him. No. <laughs> who are you talking about? <laughs> I was talking about Marquise Morris. Oh yeah, yeah, Marquise, Marquise. Yeah, that he would honestly. Be, I don't know if his attitude would be good for the Nets because he has like this. Bad rep, but I, I but scheme wise, I feel like he would fit. Shoots three, stretch four, is a big stretch four. It's about six nine, six ten. Really, the only stretch four left on this list. Um, everyone on the buyout market, I guess Michael Beasley, but I don't know. No, 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 no. definitely not. He does not deserve to be at an NBA roster right now. And I mean. Hey, if we get Zach Randolph, you never know. Definitely not. No, 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 no. And uh, I think Mm. he'll be a better veteran than Jared Dudley. No, bring Jared Dudley back. He's kind of growing on me. Look, Jared Dudley's attitude is good and, and like, locker room presence. I never knocked that. I just don't like his on-court play. Yeah, I'm not. He's not growing on me. He's still trash. So, caddy-wacky, he is uh, still trash. And um, the Nets... Lastly, what we want to talk about, well, not even lastly, the second to last thing we want to talk about is the Nets' overtime record of 5-1. and one. Used to be 4-1 and one for this game versus the Cavs. They pulled out the W, so now it's 5-1. and one. I feel like that's just a testament to Kenny Atkinson and his ability to coach a super young team and have them not give up in OT. For a young a team as young as and inexperienced as the Nets, without Jared Dudley on the court with them, to not give up, to, to not be trash in OT is pretty extraordinary. And a lot of the players on this team are clutch. That's the thing. Like, when the playoffs, when it comes down to a late game, I don't think that it's automatically a loss. No. It depends on the opponent, obviously. But if, if they have a chance to win, I think they could match up with the best. I don't think any team in the play in the East wants to see the Nets in the first round. If I was the Nets, I'd be happiest to see the Pacers. The Pacers and the Sixers. 
The Pacers, I'm guaranteed we can beat them. Like, I'm 90% confident we're on to the second round. Yeah, but they have a lot of star power. Stars that cannot make shots when it matters. They're not clutch. None of them are clutch. Yeah, they won't have to be clutch if they're blowing us out by 30 come the beginning of the fourth quarter. The team that you do not want to see, this not even just because I'm a Celtics fan, it's because if Kyrie is playing, he just knows how to make the shot at the end of the game. I don't think the Nets want to see the Raptors. I don't think the Nets want to see the Bucks. I don't think the Nets want to okay. see the Celtics. The Bucks more so out of the three between the Raptors and Celtics, my opinion. I believe the Raptors are the definite who you don't want to see right now. I think I think the Bucks are who you don't want to see right now. I think I think the Raptors could definitely get upset in the first round by the Nets. I mean, there's a chance that they they almost they got the Nets smacked them early in the season. They almost beat them today. I mean, two a couple days ago. There's a chance that if the Nets get it together, they could make the conference finals. Imagine that. Imagine no, we were talking about this yesterday. Imagine they play the Pacers in the first round, but stomp them out. And then they play the who? They play the Bucks, the Raptors. They play the the Raptors or the Sixers or the Bucks in the second round. Stomp them out. And then they play the Celtics in the conference finals. And somehow the Celtics. Imagine the Nets in the finals. That would be like the they'd obviously get swept by whatever team comes out the West. But that. I just found a very interesting stat going. Go ahead. Go ahead. So. You know how Rondé Hollis Jefferson was involved in all of our deadline deals? Yeah. And you know how he can't shoot at the three point line at all? <laughs> yes. So I found a chart of the oldest shooters by every zone in the NBA. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. And so the three point line, the corners are Mikhail Bridges and PJ Tucker. The wings are Blake Griffin off the river. The top of the key is Russell Westbrook, 14% Westbrook, really. 14%. Yeah, that's your all-star. Um, the corners mid-range are LaMarcus Aldridge and Anthony Davis. That's kind of surprising to me. Two all-stars. And the mid-range wings are Jason Tatum and Trey Young. But then you have the paint. <laughs> the area that this, this kid is supposed to be able to utilize for his strength and Rondé Holland Jefferson is the coldest paint shooter in the NBA. Restricted area under the basket. <laughs> they make one out of two layups at the basket. One, one out of two. <laughs> That's, if I'm telling you, every layup he takes is a reverse between the legs, up and under, Michael Jordan, tongue out. Like, come on. Like, it's never an easy layup. What's best for this team is letting this guy walk. It is. He has to. He has to walk. All right, you play some solid defense, but that's expendable. You sign a Taj Gibson. Call Tony Allen up out of retirement. Like, get Ray Allen to come out of retirement. Come on. But but yes, Rondell Jefferson's definitely walking action season. He's got to bounce. Not walking, we're kicking him out. Yeah, he's got he's got to get up out of here, man. Boot him out. 
On to the Brooklyn Baller of the Week. Uh, this is a tough one for me because D'Angelo Russell is averaging 28.5, 9.8 assists, and 3.5 threes on 43% shooting. But, but based on the energy and efficiency and lack of turnovers and with high volume, Joe Harris is the Brooklyn Baller of the Week. Yes, Joe Harris is the Brooklyn Baller of the Week. 35.3 minutes, 21.3 points, 4.3 threes, 3.3 rebounds, 3.3 assists on 64% shooting, uh, 1.3 turnovers over the last four games. He's just been lights out as of late. He He's very, like, he's really all reliable. Like, you can always count on him to get a bucket when you need one. Same with D'Angelo Russell. Those are... Those are the two guys on the team that I would want taking a shot right now. Yeah, or Demar and Carroll, to be completely honest. Yeah, that's why I have Carroll in my end of game lineup because I trust him to take a late game shot. Crab, if he can continue this hot shooting, will get there. Lavert will have to gain the trust back once he proves he's healthy. But because of the injury, I can't trust him just yet. Again. Hopefully, Karras can get back soon. Hopefully, the Nets get through this all-star break without any injuries because they have a lot of players playing in all the events. We got we got Joe Harris in three-point competition to look forward to. D'Lo in the all-star game, of course. Rodion's Crooks and Jared Allen in the USA versus World game. Rodion's Crooks might not play because of his injury right now, but hopefully he can suit up and get out there for a couple minutes. Nothing crazy. But, yeah, we look forward to seeing them in the All-Star Weekend festivities. And uh, that'll do it with this episode, guys. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and review. You can find us at Hootball Nets. Look up Brooklyn Nets for the first podcast that comes up. Just hit subscribe. Listen to an episode and leave us a five-star rating and review. It will get read on the podcast. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter at Hoopball Nets. You can follow us individually at Najee Adams underscore. If you don't know how to spell Najee, it's N-A-J-E-E Adams underscore. Hunters at Hunter underscore JKR. Make sure you tweet us some questions so we can answer them on the next podcast. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you all next time. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stripe Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.